The Smiley Professionals Network presents its first podcast, The Smiley Connection. We'll speak with professionals from all walks of life and across all industries to bring you compelling stories about their career journeys. We'll laugh, we'll learn, and we'll connect. Who knows, you may find your next Smiley Connection on our show. Yalamadat and hello to everyone. It's Reem Merchant, your host. And on today's show, we have Sohail Zindani. Sohail Zindani is a co-founder and partner at Ashray Tech, the founder and director of Learning Minds Group and president of the Learning Foundation. He has been a researcher, keynote speaker, happiness activist, leader, talent and performance consultant. Sohail has helped companies build and sustain learning culture through his dynamic, result-oriented and focused training and consulting interventions. He has worked with Pakistan's leading companies, including Abbott Laboratories, Jubilee Life, Maison Bank Limited, Nestle Pakistan, Philips, Ten Sports, Unilever Pakistan, and United Energy Pakistan, delivering solutions that make companies thrive. You've made significant contributions to the success of numerous individuals and organizations by providing them with effective training and consultation. In your own words, please tell us who is Sohail Zindan. Uh, that's that's a that's an interesting one. Uh, Sohail Zindani is someone who uh, made his life extremely easy by opting for a profession that uh, was not demanding in terms of stress. It was something that I enjoyed doing from day one. Uh, and I think I look at myself as a very fortunate person who was able to identify it um, in the very first internship of my career that this is what I have to do. Uh, so I think Sohail is an extremely, extremely lucky person who just happened to be at the right place in the right time. And yeah, rest, I've been fantastically lazy all my career. I've, I've only concentrated on doing that. Well, as they say, you know, opportunity comes to people who are present at the right place at the right time. Yes, but also who show up with hard work and are ready to grab that opportunity when it so arises. So it's definitely um, not just all luck. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot that's gone into being so Zindani. So can you tell us a little more about yourself and what you do? Sure. Uh... So yeah, I see. I started my my training career. In fact, I won't even call a training career. I started my career with Aga Khan University Hospital here in Karachi. I got an internship over there. Uh, accidentally, that was in training department. That's where accident starts happening. And um, uh, to be very honest, that internship was a requirement of university to get the graded whatever whatever. And uh, uh, so it was a six week deal. And um, in the first week, I realized that, hey, whatever is happening over here is interesting. I mean, I would not mind doing it. Um, and while I was doing internship, the six other interns that I had in first week, I was somehow able to uh, transform myself as their boss. So those internees also used to, I used to delegate my work to those internees as well. Those were amazing chaps. 
Um, and I started concentrating on what the seniors in the department are doing with training. And uh, because we come from a community where teaching, training, speaking, um, it it is not very, uh, you know, it, it it it's widespread. Everyone get almost one opportunity in in our service time to do something like that. And I have been teaching in um, religious education centers. Uh, so teaching, speaking was natural. It was just about shifting that direction to something which is more corporate, which is more educational, and it worked out for me. So um, uh, to that point that, yes, opportunity comes to those who are prepared. Uh, I would really want to believe that. Uh, and I have believed that for the most part of my life. But, you know, the way now I look at things, uh, the way I look at how things have shaped up in my life, Reem, trust me, there are many people who work really hard. They are also at the right place. Um, somehow it didn't, it does not happen to them. Um, so I've learned one thing, and particularly at the times of COVID, oh God, that was a point of massive realization because we are in event business. So if if we can't gather people, everything dies for us, right? But uh, I tell you, in those two, two and a half years, places where clients showed up from, I've never even pitched there, right? Uh, so, so whatever happened, I think my head bowed down in, in gratitude, in shukar, uh, because I realized, see, uh, you know how I would like to simply put it up and sorry, I, I'm just taking it into a, a faith and a hard based discussion, but you know, what I realize is there are two things. There are, there is hard work and there's luck and how I define it is hard work is when your creator puts the idea into your head and then you do it. And luck is when he hold you with your ear and take you there. Right? So in both cases, he's managing. It's just, <laughs> we feel that we have done something amazing. Uh, I think there's only gratitude. Yes, I have taken my profession with extreme love, with extreme dedication. I, I can still say I work 18 hours a day. Uh, and and I celebrate it. I celebrate it. Um, so I think one of the lessons, if anyone is out there listening to this podcast for lesson, is that being extremely consistent to whatever field of work you choose, uh, success is bound to happen. Success doesn't have much options left. Such a valuable statement you've just given there. Um, definitely having a natural talent a natural ability is something sometimes that people don't earn themselves it comes naturally to them but being consistent with your efforts and honing your skills that's up to you and your hard work um so you recently joined ashray tech as a co-founder and a partner can you tell us more about ashray tech and your motivations to co-found this company Okay. So before I get into Ashretech, I'll just wrap up on the consistency part. Um, you know, we live in a world where we brag about authentic authenticity and intensity. I think we need to really appreciate consistency. You know what? Which doctor would you opt for? Someone who is authentic or someone who's consistent? 
and every day you'll opt for someone who's consistent. You don't want to be on the lucky day with the doc doctor, right? Um, we They say brush your teeth daily, twice a day. You can't do it or you can't make it for 14 minutes on Sunday. Uh, it just doesn't happen that way. So I think consistency has its own magic. Um, coming to Ashrotech, uh, Ashrotech has been a very recent venture and it has been a very interesting uh, interesting consortium. Uh, so what we did was, uh, so I being from Pakistan, of course, there is, um, so dollar, wherever it is used, things are getting expensive. And Pakistan, Pakistani rupee, our currency is constantly on a devaluation side. So we realized that, hey, listen, if we are not earning in dollars, we are just not earning. Uh, that was the first motive. However, that motive was left behind when we came together as a team and, uh, and acquired a set of expertise in which we are now moving forward in a way that we are investing in companies which have great potential um, based out of Pakistan, Middle East um, and few other places, great potential, but may not have the necessary skills, capabilities or vision to expand their products and services to the global market. So what we are doing at Ashrotech is that we are becoming um, a kind of an enabler or a linchpin for them to take their products to global markets. And um, so I was in US very recently meeting few possible connections and it had been a, it has been a very successful trip. Um, I believe the kind of products that are being offered, um, uh, they're world-class, truly world-class. I mean, because see, uh, we, we live in a very interesting time. Technology uh, is not honestly monitoring borders. Um, technology is technology. It's neutral, it's ruthless, and it's kind at the same time. Um, our job is to make sure that we work out, identify companies with immense potential, but lacking into their global acumen, we help them go global. So it's more of a company uh, who act as an enabler instead of doing something on our own. Well, that's a great initiative and a great venture. Um, it's definitely a place that is missing in the current markets. Um, people who can provide uh, finances could be easily obtained, I'll say, but the people with the right ideas, the right mindset and the right skill set are even harder to obtain. So great work with Ashray Day. Absolutely. Um, uh, and Erin, and, and just to, I think you said something extremely meaningful. Getting people to finance is easy. Trust me, it's the damn easiest thing to do. The easiest thing to do. And sadly, I'll be very honest because I've been working in the startup ecosystem. I've been consulting few startups over here. What I've realized is that they have the money and that's it what they have. Um <laughs> uh, uh, you know, in, in, in order to expand a product, see anything that comes up in India in terms of population size that, that is there, scaling only to India, you're talking about a billion uh, person market or even more, right? Um, for countries like Pakistan, things may not be the same. Uh, or even for that matter, something in Middle East, though Middle East is a very, the, the, the economic uh, Pocket size is pretty huge over there, but again, the market size is not as big as anything that is happening in a country like America. 
So what we are trying to do is, as, as you said, yes, these companies have the finances. We are working with them in creating global access. And I think that's that there's there's immense opportunity there. Yeah. Absolutely. That holistic perspective um, is missing many times in smaller organizations or organizations with narrow regional boundaries. And making them go global is uh, something that Ashritech is doing really well. I'm going to move to another uh, place, uh, Learning Minds here. So it's been more than 16 years since you founded Learning Minds, a company that offers learning and training solutions. Can you tell us more about Learning Minds and how this company provides benefits to individuals and organizations? Learning Minds is my first love. Um, so after Aga Khan University Hospital, I joined another training company, but I soon realized I want to do something of my own and I formed Learning Minds back in 2007. And uh, in 2007, now this is something tricky because I'm going to talk about my age. Uh, in 2007, when I was 22 uh, or 21 for that matter, it was 22. Uh, it was not the best thing to do uh, to get into corporate training on your own. Um, uh, because, you know, in training, people expect you to be of certain age with certain experience and some gray hair. I never had a gray hair option, sadly. Um, and those who are uh, listening to this podcast will not get the joke. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, um, so for me to venture into something like this was a tricky thing. But I think, again, as I said in the beginning, magic was happening all around. Um, I was able to get few clients uh, who were kind enough, who trusted me on my skill instead of pondering about my age. Um, and uh, so 2007 and 2012, it was a massive hustle. And I don't shy away from saying this, that I might... I'm. I would have quitted. I would have left this and I would have secured a job. But in 2008, I got married. Um, and I think through that period, after that period, um, it has been my wife uh, who uh, who made sure that I stick to it. I show up every day and, uh, and we've been able to make it. Uh, today, we might be amongst the top players in this country and then also we we do a lot of work in middle east and as i said covid was a blessing we happen to do a lot of work in europe and north america as well so yeah uh learning minds is a primarily it's a management training and consulting firm and um, now we have some interesting consortium with trainers and coaches around the world so yeah that's great. Uh, you keep referring to uh, this challenging time that COVID brought in a very interesting and unique way for you by opening new boundaries. Can you tell us something more about that? I don't think COVID was challenging time. I think COVID was interesting time. Um, problem is that... Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure, Reem, you've heard, this is the most unprecedented time. This is the most unpredictable time. Tell me time in history that was predictable. One time. There was no time which is predictable. Something is 
not predictable something is absolutely not predictable but it has always been unpredictable you don't know what's going to happen today right uh, none of us does i think covid got us with surprise because uh, the the ecosystem that was opening happening around us you know zoom was there zoom was already there but reem never thought ipn never thought to get sohail uh, why because he doesn't lives in country forget him yaar uh i think it has opened boundaries like never before uh but let me be very honest i am not very impressed by post covid time i think covid taught us a lot of interesting lessons but somehow being lazy chaps we have reverted back to how it was uh we had the opportunity to go global like we have never done before we have not done we haven't done hum covid ke baad bhi gas station kharidte ja rahe <laughs> we are buying gas stations we are buying gold shops we are buying liquor stores it just goes on and on i think there were massive opportunities that we could have tapped but anyways until we are making money things are fantastic but i think life is beyond making money i think it has to do a lot with impact it has to do a lot with what change you have brought it has to do a lot with what problem are you solving um and and i think uh, i think we to be very honest i think we have missed out on a lot of opportunities that covid gave us having said that i think this disclaimer is important that my heart goes for those people who suffered during covid out of health out of losing their loved ones and many of us i'm sure in our our circle did that so so not taking anything away from that pain but i think covid that time frame offered us loads and loads of interesting perspective which we just out of a lazy natures of going back to what we knew uh, we have lost on that in fact uh, there are many times you know when we as a human race tend to run after money or materialistic benefits and that always doesn't work out for the best the best thing would be to run after the vision run after the ideas and money and power follow through there so you you're definitely a fabulous speaker and you really engage your audience and you have this expertise to engage an audience during workshop and lectures as well so can you tell us more about your journey as a speaker and what influenced you to be a speaker I try not to be a speaker and I think that's the best part. I like conversations. Um the moment I think that I'm on stage and I'm the most mighty, most intelligent who knows what others don't know, I think I fail. Um I think humans have amazing conversation skills. If you talk well, if you listen well, if you give fantastic facial cues, uh So what I do is I just tap onto that. Um I tap onto two things, conversations and doing that through stories. Um uh and so what I do is I don't create anything special, anything. That, I, and I believe what uh, you know uh wo, there was this movie Kung Fu Panda in which um um Po's father said something so remarkable about his soup that there's no uh, special recipe. You just have to believe it's special. um and i think i i agree to this thing we don't have any special recipe uh once you believe that there's so much that i can learn from you um i'll be interesting in that conversation and i'll be interested in you as a person 
and if i do if i can do it consistently at a scale it's a rewarding business um so yes i take stories as my career i take uh, humor as as a fantastic medium to interact in because you know when you're smiling your brain is in a more absorbing order uh, um i always stay and i'm pretty popular with this world and in fact the usage of this world but um, a lot of us you know we have two forms of learning a joyful learning and a constipated learning choose one <laughs> that's that's really great i think truly opening up to your vulnerabilities and just being in a more accepting mode while you are talking also enhances the possibilities of uh, going places with conversations and engaging people when you're really interested in what they're talking about um although it's not that easy to speak publicly not many people are comfortable doing that were there any challenges that you first faced when you started speaking to a large audience and how were you able to overcome those so now that can be a fantastic um, learning conversation yes people are not comfortable with public speaking no shying away from saying this there are top 3 you know the top 3 fears in the world number 1 is public speaking number 2 is death number 3 is death while public speaking <laughs> uh so yes people don't enjoy public speaking or they may not be very fond of it that's that's given but okay let me now give you a fantastic magic recipe if that it has to be uh something that we talked earlier about consistency i think that is so magical and i think i'll bring it up again over here i'll explain this um a lot of people say we have writers block that is remote thing that hey listen swail i want to write something but you know when i get writing i don't get the right kind of words and then i decide not to nonsense this is absolute pure nonsense when reem wakes up in the morning do you have a speaking block Mm, I can't speak. No, it doesn't happen that way, right? It's just that I've taken it so deep into my mind that there is something called as writer's block. Exactly in that same order, we have taken it so deep in our head that the moment I have to speak in public, something comes as a block to my mouth. I speak all day, but the problem is that when twenty people forget about two thousand or a uh, uh, twenty thousand or a forty thousand group sitting in front of you. Uh, but just take 20 people sitting in front of you and everything just chokes just chokes and i think one of the best recipes out here is adapting conversation model that is start talking them about them um don't um you know so we i don't know if i'm allowed to talk about that but we we have all the vas and um, other you know conversations that we get into at various platform there are people who are deeply interested in telling what they know and i think the moment this this obsession goes to tell what i know and a new obsession comes this comes in to know who you are and share with you what you want to know things turn around things over here turn around 
on our head. It turns around. The language turns around. So, for example, if I want to tell Reem what I know, I'm going to impress you. And how am I going to do? I'm going to use a vocabulary that um, that brings, oh, wow. Uh, I'm going to use some examples which gives you a perspective that, hey, so how well read he is. Um, is it serving the cause? Is it making it easier for those who are listening? If the answer is no, to help with your vocabulary and references. It's as simple as that. Uh, so I think, uh, and because I do a lot of parenting work, uh, I do work around parenting, I work around happiness and some other interesting social subjects. Um, I think I've cracked this code that someone who goes deepest into someone's heart and mind is someone who's who speaks and talks just like them. Um, we for for getting impressed, we would need someone else. Um, uh, you know that's a different aura altogether. Um, but I believe if you really want to move people and change people, you have to speak in a language that they can relate to, and their brains don't have to process a lot to get what is being said. So choosing the most convenient language, I'm saying convenient language. Say, for example, you're Punjabi and I'm talking to you in Gujarati. I've already failed, right? Convenient language is the game. That's very important. So if I do a podcast, very recently I did a podcast for children. Um, this is not what I was talking there. Absolutely not. Because who am I serving if the audience is different? Um, um Showing what Suhail knows is absolutely irrelevant. It's it's it has no meaning. It has no meaning. Um, one last example that I would like to give. So His Highness the Aga Khan. Uh, I really I am not sure who would be listening to this podcast, but I would. That's where I'm calling the neutral name. His Highness the Aga Khan. Or you listen to him when he talks at the Harvard University, right? Look at his language. Look at the reference points. And then look at when he talks to Jamaat. Look at his language. Look at his reference points. If we can't learn from this, I don't know what we're going to learn from. So can you tell us a little bit more if you are currently writing something, uh, putting your thoughts into words for someone to read and share your thoughts with our audience? Yeah, so... Um, Slightly earlier in our conversation, I mentioned that there is nothing such as writer's block. But I would not shy away from saying that, that I had writer block before I realized that was not a block. That was my personal stupidity. <laughs> and uh, so I, uh, the two things that I'm recently working on. Um, one of the books that I'm trying to write is around essentials. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to come up with new life skills that we need to live in the times to come. Uh, uh, so, you know, skills like starting and stopping without drama. Skills like hustle instead of seeking convenience. Um, skills like showing up no matter what. Um, skills like obsessed about solving problems um, and I think these are the skills with, with that that I need and my children need. Uh, so I'm just writing for my children. Um, I want them to read it and I'll be happy if other children also read it. 
So I'm writing this book around essential skills. Um, I don't call it soft skills because I think those are so fundamental. Soft is going to be a wrong impression. The other book that I'm writing is a very interesting one. Not that I'm writing. That's why it's interesting. It's actually interesting because I've been talking about it with people, with leaders out there. And uh, every conversation that I've had so far has been really interesting one. And that's called Diseases of Leadership. So... Um, uh, so I'm looking at leadership and the problems around leadership from a lens of disease. Um, so we are trying to connect those different disease names to, and we're just we're just redoing those names um, in order to fit into um, what happens to a leader. Um, and so how how say for example Alzheimer's is connected to a leader. Um, uh, what happens when a leader is suffering? um influenza uh so so that's that's something which is uh which is a very different take uh it's not a biology book it's just that we are using names of diseases but connecting it to behaviors and connecting into our attitudes and um yeah so i hope that's uh that's an interesting read previously i've written three stuff i've written a book called passion plus which was collection of quotation and then my commentary on that I've written this book called Common Sense at Work, where I have questioned, um, you know, I, I I think common sense, you know, what we say about common sense, that common sense is not too common. I deeply believe that. I, I think a lot of stupid things we do all our lives, <laughs> we don't reflect why the hell we are doing it. Um, um, and then there was this very recent book that I wrote. It was Speak Like a Champion which soon will be converted as an e-learning program and I'll make sure it's free for everyone to attend because I strongly believe, Reem, that every one of us can speak well. Um, if you can speak, trust me, you can speak well. It's as simple as that. Uh, and I really want to take that message loud and to a wider audience. Um, I, you know, out of speaking, I've enjoyed my university life. I was bad with academics. I was good with presentation. My friends, they used to, and mostly were girls, you know, so all these capable girls, um, they would do the report and everything would be perfect. And my job would be to present it. And we all get A and we all are happy. <laughs> so I, I've, I've made all I can out of speaking, but I think everyone can. I strongly believe everyone can. If you can speak, you can speak well. If you can run, you can run well. If you can swim, you can swim well. If you can dance, you can dance well. Um, it's just about consistently showing up for that particular skill. Definitely, Azuri Ma'am is uh, the best public speaker out there and he really touches your heart when he's talking um, to crowds as if he's touching each individual person um, in that crowd. So, um, Definitely, knowing your audience, as you mentioned, is key to have successful conversations. Um, you've also uh, been very active in various forms of giving back to the community. Um, you've volunteered in several social sectors, including education, healthcare, social ventures, and cause-driven nonprofits. Can you tell us more about your contributions and how your efforts? have benefited these sectors? So God, Allah says in Quran, uh, do transaction with me. I've just been doing transactions with him. 
uh, i don't do any social work i i don't look at it as a social work i look at it as an investment uh, these are things that needs to be done someone has to do it i do it i like doing it and i tell my god hey listen up i'm doing your part help me uh, and he does uh, so i i'm a businessman i do transactions i don't do social work i don't do philanthropy uh, <laughs> i just do they can i i think this this can be another very interesting point uh, a lot of people disagree with me on this and i love it the more they disagree the more i love it uh, this idea that we have done something make this idea that we have done something kind is in itself corrupting in itself it's a corrupting idea that i have done something so good no we have not done anything good we have done out of what we were blessed with so what do you have done <laughs> i mean it's it's stupid uh, don't exaggerate i i believe one should not exaggerate out ourselves uh, out of proportion um i do seva out of speaking uh is it something that i acquired or is it something that was blessed to me there are people who donate money why because that's the only damn thing they have to donate it's fantastic shabash but don't take it to the head that oh god i've done something nick no i believe and i always tell my children don't do something because you think it's nick or it's a good thing to do do because you can do it because you can do it and i think that is an empowering thought when you do so for example you're doing this um, conversation with me right um you're doing it on the voluntary basis fantastic your experience can shift you you think oh i'm doing something so kind so nick shift it think hey i'm doing it because i have the capability of doing it shukrana will come into your head instead of any form of gratification for yourself so i think uh, all the work that i do i am personally very ambitious about domains of uh, education particularly um i live in a country where there is massive philanthropy and sadly the lowest box goes to education um uh, we do a lot of khana khila do we do a lot of ilaj kara lo philanthropy in pakistan but we don't do a lot of education philanthropy however on the community side i have always enjoyed working on economic upliftment and youth uh, youth as a subject not as a not as a department not as a committee not as a board but youth as a subject i think there's massive massive opportunity lying that but i think most of the time we are missing it um i i do follow a lot of community platforms i think we have to work really hard when it comes to engaging our young young partners within jamaat uh, uh, the, i i think that the language needs to now adapt to what they what they wishing to listen but of course in the in the necessary grace that has to be always there but yeah i think that has been one of my core areas that i have concentrated i was part of the youth and sports board from 2012 to 2019 and uh, it was a wonderful wonderful experience for me i've never been officially on any committee within the the khidmat network that we have um, but also beyond jamaat i get i I'm, i'm so grateful i get these opportunities to give what i have i don't do anything special i just give what i have no big deal that's a very interesting perspective um when we think we are giving it's not actually we are giving it's 
just returning what we have been given. Absolutely. So um, that's a very nice perspective to look at when we're doing any sort of service, whether it be within the Jamaati institutions or outside through volunteering or community charitable causes, anything. Uh, that perspective is truly interesting to have. And I think you also importantly touched on um, there's a saying, you know, Neki Kar which is like, if you do something with your left hand, if you give something with your left hand, the right hand shouldn't know that something was done. So really having these perspectives makes this feeling of humility come in and the feeling of gratitude, as you mentioned. That's so, so true. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Smiley Connection. If you'd like to connect with Sohil Zindani or learn more about any of the resources he mentioned, check out the show notes. And if you're enjoying the show so far, please give us a review and a five-star rating on the Apple or Google podcast apps. It takes less than five minutes to do that compared to the hours of work that goes into each podcast episode. So we'd be grateful for your time and support. We'd also love to hear your feedback reach out to us at ipnpodcast.ipnonline.net. This episode was produced by me and edited by the talented Kes Ali. Marketing for this episode was carried out by the stellar Bucks Ali. Ali Zain Ali and Dilshad Zaveri, our amazing relationship management team, were extremely instrumental in helping to research and report for this episode. Our cover art is designed by the skilled Shakil Muhammad. Also, many thanks to Zoha Momin, the Head of Strategic Initiatives at IPN.